With traffic, errands, and parking, cars can be a chore. But a great car can be an adventure, a getaway, and a prized possession. Whatever your budget or family require, there's a car out there you'll love. We're here to help you find it. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. I've wanted to say this for a while. I'm almost cautious to say it because it's been so long. Are those tears but of I'm joy? I'm going to say it. All of season six is currently available on Amazon Prime. You can buy the season. You can see all the seven episodes. Now, the seventh episode we put in there kind of as a bonus because it's the, the Porsche Pinnacles piece. It's the, the GT3, pardon me, the GT2 RS and the 959. Yes, yes. But all of the TV episodes that we have promised and we have fought with Amazon for the better part of two months. Yeah, I can't believe All it. of the episodes are available on Amazon, and I'm so excited I can barely stand myself. I think that's a I'm tear, that tear of joy I, running I, down your cheek. Hey, I'm when, right there with you. I absolutely agree. This has been a fight. Yes. It's been kind of weird and and unknown as to as far and, as and the, lots of things are weird. Right the now. bobbles behind yeah. the scenes going on with Amazon. But all that to say is season six is out. That means that you can watch all the other seasons, mm-hmm. which is great. So those are free. The first five seasons are free on Prime. Season six is still pay because it's brand new content, but it is all out there now. I'm so excited. I, I just for those of you that haven't seen it yet, I'm just really excited to share. We are currently shooting and editing episodes for season seven. Yep. We yep. don't know. I look. I'll be candid right now. We don't know if we're going to do a full six for season seven or not. We're trying, but as you can imagine, scheduling is a bit difficult right now. So we may mm-hmm. not get a full six done. But there will be a season seven. We're excited about that. That's happening. Fast blasts are happening. There's so much. Yes, and a big thanks to our season six TV sponsors. Yes. Covercraft is the headline sponsor, mm-hmm. presenting sponsors, matter of fact. Yes, and then there's sure. Gria's Garage Car Care, which you know you can still use the code every day mm-hmm. to get ten percent off. Many of you are in your garages right now cleaning things and I This is agree the time to do yes, that. Totally. And also our friends at Haggerty. Mm-hmm. So look at Haggerty and you've heard the ads as well and hopefully you caught the podcast with McKeel Haggerty. Yeah. If you haven't, that's just a few podcasts back and we really enjoyed having him it was on. Cool. It was it was a lot of fun to talk about similar shared interests and similar shared viewpoints mm-hmm, about mm-hmm. the future of driving. Totally. So if you haven't caught that one yet, please go back, listen to the one with McKeel Haggerty. He's fantastic. So yes, moving on real quick, a reminder about Pilgrimage 2020. Yes. Scheduled right now for mm-hmm. August 2 through 6 in Germany and Belgium. And you can find all the details on the website, everydaydriver.com. Right yep. in the middle, there's the Adventures tab. And once you click sign up, that reveals a whole host more of information. Tons of info. More stuff on there. So yeah, if yeah. you've got questions there's the faq there's all the 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 pricing everything Mm -hmm. is right on that page there and we'd love to have you with us so no more bathroom remodels no more kitchen remodels (laughs) that's coming up actually it is you like that very cool i like it happy friday by the way we hope uh, you're having a decent time on this friday you have a weekend coming up, which may feel like your weeks. I don't know. It's, it's a weird time. But at the same time, <laughs> sure. we're glad to have you with us. We've got David writing to us from Philadelphia. We've got that. And then after the break, we have another one trying to not have a full garage full of Toyotas. Sean is writing to us desperate. And there's many good questions. And speaking of questions, mm. Podcast 500 is coming up. Yes. This is yes. Uh, 494. Podcast 500 is coming up in a few weeks. That is going to be, we're still figuring out details, but we're intending on that to be an all questions. It may be cars and non, but it's going to be a lot of non-car questions. An all questions 500 podcast celebration. There will be a live stream. We will probably actually do that 
on the Friday that it comes out. It will be a Friday podcast. We'll probably do it Friday evening-ish as a live podcast and audio. So it probably Yeah, a little different. Anyway. A little we're figuring different. it out because 500 is quite a milestone that both of us look at each other and shaking our heads. That yeah, is coming and yeah. we're excited. Whenever Todd and I are searching for cars, we always start with Auto Tempest. To find the best cars for any budget, you know it's important to cast a wide net and check all the places they might be listed. Now, we used to have to search all different car sites separately, but with Auto Tempest, you can search them all in one place. With Auto Tempest, you can enter your search results one time and see all the results from all the top car sites at once, plus a bunch of smaller ones you probably didn't think to check. Auto Tempest will help you find your next car, wherever it's hiding. With all the listings in one place, it's a great way to shop around and compare what's out there. So if you're doing your drive homework, you're chasing your dream car, or you're just looking to feed the disease like we always are, head to autotempest.com. All the cars. One search. All right, so jumping in to the first debate with David L. out in the Philadelphia suburbs, who's writing to us that his wife and he have been thinking (laughs) about a home renovation Mm -hmm. and planning for a while now. Okay. Which got him to thinking. He also wants a fleet renovation as in the cars (laughs) so much good he says just like our home we really love the bones of our fleet but while those fundamentals are great he feels they could use some color Mm -hmm. maybe a layer of freshness to change things up a bit i love this this is hilarious the family is two adults that commute both david and his wife a nanny that uses one of their cars Mm -hmm. and two small children so they've got one car seat and one high back booster seat got it got it got it yeah yeah The current fleet, he says, I've always been a believer in the right tool for the job. He's definitely got the disease. So they've got four cars. They have four cars. Technically three drivers, actually, but four cars, yes. Two black ones, two white ones. Mm -hmm. Hence the desire for color. Let's get some color for sure, yeah. So let's talk about the renovation budget. This is now a thing, David. (laughs) From here on out, we're going to renovate people's garages. It's not what you think. I like it. I like it. It has nothing to do with construction materials either. Yes. First of all, his renovation budget is $25,000. What should he do with the money, he asks? But what's interesting about that budget, though. What a great sentence. I love it. What's interesting about that budget is that is $25,000, maybe thirty. dollars but that's in addition to if he sells one of these Correct. cars. Correct. That's before you sell anything. So that's the add-on to the fact that we have four cars, and honestly, I think a couple of them go. I agree. And in the sprucing things up a bit category, he says, well, maybe maybe I'd bump that to additional 30 or maybe 40 k for Paul. Because <laughs> you've listened to the podcast more than once. And you know, you say 25, <laughs> he's looking at 40, so let's just embrace it. But still, the point is we've got extra money on top of car sales, which I really like on this. Extra money. You just said extra money. It's a crazy thing, isn't it? Yeah. This is this is going to be fun. Anything is on the table selling any of these four cars as long as he ends up with at least three cars. Mm-hmm. So the recipe is this. One commuter for David, one commuter car for his wife, mm-hmm. and one nanny car for the kids. Yes. Okay? That also theoretically would double as a general family car. Correct. Yes. I mean, not necessarily, but that's that's the that obviously has to be a family friendly car. Up to five people, because it sounds like the nanny would go on various road trips. Sounds should like they it, yes. should they decide to? Car number one is a 2019 Model Three dual motor, long range. It's got 12,000 miles on it, black with white interior. This is David's wife's daily commuter, and she loves. Yeah, it. this is great. Yeah. She commutes 15 miles into the city each day, but it takes between 35 and 60 minutes, so it can be grueling. Mm -hmm. That's definitely long. 
But yeah, as you said, she has never loved and barely even thought about cars in her life until the Tesla came along, and she is a Teslarati now, right? Absolutely. Well, we've talked about this before. I mean, there are a lot of people out there that that have talked to me and, and you as well and mentioned the point of, aren't you excited about the people that like Teslas because isn't that helping people's love of cars? And I find, and I'm painting with a broad brush here, but I find that people that didn't care about cars at all, that get a Tesla and love it, don't care about cars in general any more than they used to. They just okay. love Teslas. So unique and different and wow that they're all about Teslas to the point that even in this case, actually, we've got David <laughs> saying that his wife is going, do we need a Cybertruck? And they really, really don't. Yeah. Yeah, that, that could be. David says this car is probably the least likely to change. She just loves this car. It might as well be purpose-built for her commute with the self-driving, the great infotainment, the point-and-shoot capability in traffic. So he loves all this stuff. And it fits two car seats well, but doesn't leave room for a third in the back seat. Yeah. That's a slight downside. Yeah. Are they pregnant? No, they it's, a third because, kid? it's because of the nanny. That's what they're dealing with. Okay, not a third car seat, but just no, a no, third no, no, no. seat. I, All right. I, I don't get that. I don't get that impression. I, I think right. so far we're talking about the fact that the five of them can't go somewhere. He, his wife, the nanny, and the two kids can't all go somewhere in the Model 3, which does make sense to me based on the size of that car. Okay. You know what's interesting? There's this, there's this transition that happens, David, with car seats. Hmm where the car seat is taking up almost more than the size of a human, certainly more than the size of your child. Oh, yeah. So as your child yeah. gets bigger and the car seat gets smaller, you gain room in the back of your car. <laughs> Until and the then, kid grows, And then the kid later. has this le- level of three or four years where they're a smaller person, and you get all this room back. They don't have a car seat. Anyway, yeah. All right, car number two is a 2019 Toyota Highlander Limited all-wheel drive, 11,000 miles. It is white on a brown interior. David says this car is fine, does mm-hmm. the job well, mm-hmm. much better than the BMW X5 that they traded in for this car. They had the X5 with the third row, and he says it was a terrible family experience. Mm. Didn't drive so well, and it made the lack of family usability worth it. It didn't make it worth it. It's not like it was such a great driver that he was like, right. hey, it's okay, it's okay otherwise. But it just it wasn't a great-to-drive thing, and it wasn't great for family duty, so he left himself going, what are we doing? So that made him buy... The Highlander just going, I need to buy the it, – it runs and it does the family thing, and that's why they bought that Highlander. Right. He mentions that it gets terrible gas mileage in normal use because they only take it around town, kids mm-hmm. to and from school, to and from activities. He says they're getting 14 miles to the gallon. Wow. And he says it's because the Highlander goes days or weeks without getting on a highway. But again, back to the highway usage, they do use this car for the occasional family road trip to New York City or D.C. Mm-hmm. And a car that fits at least five comfortably is in this category. They've got to have that. Yeah, yeah, I see that. Car number three, 1995 Jaguar XJS convertible. Four mm. liter inline, six automatic with 35,000 miles. Okay. White on tan. <laughs> and David says, I bought this beauty on Bring a Trailer. I don't think anybody so far has written to us after having bought a car and bring a trailer. Yes, but what's funnier about this is he wasn't actually shopping for one of these. He was trying to get himself a Mercedes-Benz E320 convertible, but he just bid on this one for, I'll I'll bid, and then he won it. I think he was... Probably surfing while laying in bed, and he fell out Probably. of bed, and like, oops, I hit the. Did I win? Accidentally I bought just a won. Jaguar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what <laughs> I find funny about this is he said that it drives like a boat, which doesn't surprise me. But he said this car gets too much attention. 
That's amazing to me. This is such a classic car that people people just walk up and talk about it. And, and he just is like, I don't know that I need a car that gets this much attention, which I find fascinating. It's along the lines of, hey, yeah. I knew somebody that had one totally. or I used to have that totally. car. Yep. Here's all the memories that are in my head. Let me dump them dump in your lap right now. For sure. While you're for looking sure. at your watch going, um, <clears throat> I did have somewhere I, to go. I got to. Excuse me, you're nice. I gotta, can you let me go, please? This is the thing. This happens sometimes with my Elise, too. And, and, and I've also heard people with major exotic cars, guys with Countach's talk about this like crazy. Oh, yeah, right. You can't go anywhere late because oh. if you stop for gas, you'll be there for, for a bit. So don't, don't arrive frustrated and behind because you're going to get stopped by somebody asking a question. And if you're already frustrated, it just all goes downhill from there. David says that it's ridiculous for regular use and he can fit his older child's booster seat, but he can't fit the younger one's car seat. Okay. And he says, you know, there's some general safety concerns about a car whose design (laughs) dates back to the Beatles. I like the term general safety concerns. Just in general. Yeah, I like it. But then we do have a fourth car in play. Yes, we do. We, we, we do the spectrum here. I do love this, David. You've got a 2008, which means it is a 997 generation, 911 C4. So the all-wheel drive 911, six-speed manual, 56,000 miles, black on gray, bought it used from a Porsche dealer last year, and you said it's it's pretty much the best car you've ever owned or driven. You love this thing. Delightful. You're surprised about the fact you can actually get the two kids. You were doing the school bus thing. Yeah. You can get the two car seats yeah. in the back. You've taken both kids to school, and you're so excited about doing the school run in this car. You also just love any time you drive it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he commutes four days a week, six miles each way into work on winding back roads in the suburbs. He says there are stop signs, but not much traffic and he says this car has been a joy for this job he says i i love the car and i am so happy you've got this car summer tires winter tires he's got them both this is a year round got it figured out i think that's fantastic i really love it some other criteria real quickly garage space he only really (laughs) has room for one car in the detached garage the rest of the garage is, of course, filled with the kids' junk, mm-hmm. although it may be possible to clean this out. That, that, I, I recommend that, by the way, but yeah. You see, they also have Covercraft car covers for the 997 and the Tesla. I hope you used the Everyday Driver code. Every yeah. day, that code gets you a discount. I hope you used it. They can park two cars at the end of the driveway without tan- being in tandem, Okay. but right now they've got three cars outside, mm-hmm. so sometimes they have to do the tandem shuffle, which is not fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Snow is a consideration. He says it does happen around here, and both their jobs in medicine can require that they bull their way down the driveway. Now, you wouldn't know anything about that. I don't know anything you? about that. Yeah. I've like, tried it with a Phaeton, but anyway, yeah. I was going to say. So sometimes they get it, but you know, maybe ground clearances is a necessity, but not really, not generally. So maybe that's a consideration, maybe not. He's owned uh, some squishy cars in the past, he says. <laughs> a few, Yes. Camry V6 from 1990, no one BMW 330, 03 Audi A4, and a 2006 Mercedes CLK 500. Squishy. This is the one he specifically describes as squishy, but <laughs> squishy but not bad is the descriptor, which I think is very funny. But as his, long as you leave that descriptor to, to I, cars I, I, and easy, not people. Easy. Yeah, that, that, could, that could go <laughs> sideways quickly. There's also been a Q5. He said, nice but boring. There was a, a 2014 BMW 320, and he thought that that was actually kind of the bottom of the BMW lineup. It felt cheap to him. There's funny. a lot of experience here, and then you've also heard this, already heard the story about the X5, which wasn't enough of a family hauler or a performance SUV. Yeah, so he just felt like, I have to go get a high to solve this, which is why we have the Highlander at all. 
This is interesting because I'm, I'm actually taking two cars, David, and selling them and two cars and keeping them. I'm taking the money from the sold cars and I'm shopping. Well, he says he's got the 25000 additional, which bumped up to forty for me. Yes. Does he sell two cars like the 997 and the Jag? Does he upgrade the 997 to something in the $75,000 mm-hmm. range like a 991? That's a juicy statement there. He says, do I take the $25,000 and use it up on exterior wraps for each car in some bright color with matte finish? <laughs> I, I would love for you to do that. Can you can you do the one-of-one one Model 3? Will your wife tolerate that? Can you just – what's a color she'd love to that have would on be that cool. Model 3? Yeah. That would be – okay, at least do it with the Model 3. I think so. Because I do see that car as staying. I do too. Because your wife loves it. Yes. They're, they're, so keep it, David. She likes it so much, and it is such a unique car in your garage. There's no reason for the Model 3 to go anywhere i completely agree get that thing wrapped Mm -hmm. pick a color i love that and the best part is it's not permanent Mm -hmm. even though Mm -hmm. i agree it's expensive but you can live with it three to five years pull that off and do it again in a few years i love the idea of selecting a color based on the wrap choices and do it in a mat it would really stand out i mean a black tesla model 3 is fine but it's a black tesla model 3 it's not like Wow, yes. what a striking car. Yes, yes, yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Make it striking for her, yeah. and she'll love it. She'll continue to love it even more. I, I love, love the idea, idea of having a color that you can't get on that car. Yes. Now on that car. like, Look, because I'm a Skittle color crazy maniac, I like the uh, the Skittle Lamborghini green. Oh, that'd be interesting. On anything. But a Model 3 would be the way to stand out because every other Model 3 is not that color. David, you know what you could do is pull up photos of all the hot supercars mm-hmm. in their respective hot colors whatever go. those are yeah. and have it yeah. exactly pull up lamborghini mclarens astons ferraris all that stuff and then go through and and think <laughs> okay so what do you think suits your personality and the car's personality you know what do you think suits you best and then have a fun evening doing that that's funny i do like let this. the kids I in on like it and this. say that's what color fun. do you guys like what color do you want your, your mom to have on her car that's cool there you go so we've we've found all kinds of things that are good about the model three it definitely stays what about the others the highlander i think can go I think I you have permission to let that go. I agree. And you should go buy yourselves a Kia Telluride. It's on my list. Done and done and done and done for your needs, mm-hmm. for the kids dropping off at school, because this is also the car that's going to be driven by the nanny. Mm-hmm. You can use it in bad weather. You can road trip it. There's the USB ports in the sides of the seats. Everywhere there's yeah. USB ports. Yeah, yeah. Everybody has a power outlet. It's fantastic. There's plenty of room. The surprising and cool thing about the Telluride is with the rear seats in use, mm-hmm. there's still luggage space behind them. Yeah, they have big, pretty much the biggest in class there behind that. I actually have the Telluride and the Palisade both on, both on there. Palisade so, is absolutely a and, contender. And, and, and figure out which one is better to your interests as far as interior, exterior. Now, I, I do have to say this. You have a 2019 Highlander. Mm-hmm. Yes. We're shopping in the exact same class. Yes, however, which is the useful class for them. However, I think both the Telluride and the Palisade will get you better gas mileage and be nicer to be in and nicer to own and drive than the Highlander. Yeah, I think you'll just gravitate towards it from a stylistic perspective, from an amenities perspective. I think you'll just really like that. Car number three, I think you should take a picture of the Jag and send it along to the next owner. I mean the car, not the photo. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah, got it. Then you take this money and you scoop it into your pile of cash, okay? Mm -hmm. To spend on car number four, now David, you don't have to sell the 911. 
I would love it if you keep it. And I'm thrilled to hear that it does the thing that we keep joking about yes. intending to do. Yes. The kids are in the back. Mm-hmm. You drive it for work. Mm-hmm. It's your only car. Love it. It's a fantastic car. And it has awakened your love and makes you drive differently. Mm-hmm. I love all these things. Mm-hmm. You don't have to sell it. You could keep it. But you have the itch. Yeah. And that's why you wrote to us. Yeah, for sure. I have a first car consideration. And then I have a second car consideration. Okay. Keep in mind, we're, we're scooping together the pile of cash. We right? are, yes. yes, yes. You know, mm-hmm. loose change in the couch and <laughs> friends, family, and fools. Hey, yeah. you want to donate to my disease? <laughs> because you mentioned that steering feel and how it has awakened you mm. into mm. driving differently. And you, you feel like you've discovered something nobody okay. else has. All right, all right. If you take that little pile of cash and you go find yourselves a lightly used BMW 1M from 2011, that is also another level of revelation Mm. to discover something nobody else has discovered. Interesting. Okay. We all generally collectively royally know about the BMW 1M and how good it is. (laughs) Excellent. Yes. We, as the collective we, Mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. But it's another thing to own one and have access to it. Hmm. And it's still got those two back seats. True. True, true. Because Are you envisioning this with the 997 gone? Yes, I am. Okay, keep going. Yes, keep going. I am. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, you don't have to sell it, but if you do, yeah, yeah, yeah. the 1M is another step in discovery, I'll mm-hmm. say, mm-hmm. okay, that will also awaken you to new, new platform, new driving, all that kind of stuff. And your commute is so short that I doubt you would put enough miles onto it to depreciate the car enough to mm. when your next level comes along, when you write back mm. to us and say, guys, okay. I've had the 1M, and I'm ready for what's next. I and like you sell this. it to Todd or me or something. Yeah, seriously. So you get an orange one, and I will come drool on it at least because <laughs> I just love those things in that for sure, yeah. If the BMW 1M is not appealing, I've never recommended this car before. Oh, okay, all right. I'm recommending it without driving it quite yet. Whoa, all right. But being the Porsche person that you are, David, and having a, a small commute, but still loving Porsche and needing a back seat... A Taycan 4S. Interesting. Okay. Your wife has a Tesla. You've got a Taycan in the garage <laughs> or somewhere. And, now, there's, and there's fighting words, discussions at dinner. Yeah. Well, there's fighting over the charge cable at right. night. That's, there's, that's very true. Yes, you're absolutely so right. Yeah. It might not be the best suggestion, mm-hmm. but if you could, maybe you don't charge it at your house at night. Maybe you charge it at work. Yeah, possible. And it's still, interestingly, this car, we have sat in the car. Mm-hmm. It's smaller than a Panamera. It is, yes. So that headroom and the back seat is smaller, but it's still great for kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, adults, certainly for short trips, but for kids, wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the Taycan 4S, even though I know they're expensive, remember that pile of cash that we've <laughs> clawed together? You're really sweeping from the corners. Oh, I'm, I like I'm swinging great. here. If you get that Taycan 4S, everybody that has driven it up to now has claimed that it is still indeed a Porsche and drives like a Porsche. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's electric and you've got this this short commute and you could find reasons to take the car out. Your wife's got a Tesla. You've got the Taycan. Mm, you could swap mm. cars. You could, I don't know, maybe proving that her love for cars extends further than Tesla if she maybe. likes the Taycan. Interesting. I see where you are. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Just a thought. You could buy it. You could lease it. It's a toe in the pool of something different. It's still in the Porsche camp. 
But what about it? What about a Taycan? That, that is a good recommendation. Not the turbo. Not the, the turbo. I see where you're going. Just well, the not 4S. the turbo that isn't actually a turbo. It's just a name on the badge. Yeah, that yeah, 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 that one. Got it. Good. I like it. Uh, David, I kind of did some similar things to Paul, but I also uh, drifted off another way as I am one to do. <laughs> First off, I totally agree. There's, there's nothing to replace this Model 3 at this point. And I actually yeah. think you're so in love with your 997-911, I'm willing to leave that too. So that takes two cars to sell, the Jaguar. And the Highlander. And the Highlander goes mainly because it's just not interesting to you. And the Jaguar, I think it's funny that it attracts too much attention and isn't good enough to use. So let's just, <laughs> let, let's just sell it, okay? Take a photo, so, wave goodbye, totally, send it along. Totally. So there is, yes, I, I hear you on could you take a pile of money that you have and could you get a 992. I will say this about the 992 versus your 997. After the 997, the 911 got significantly larger. So if you are struggling, and, and I'm not even saying this right now, but it's in general. If you are struggling for the not, my 911 isn't big enough and I need kids in the backseat alone enough space, the answer for you is the next 911 because they got significantly larger and the backseat's gotten much more usable. They're usable in the 997, as you know. Mm-hmm. But starting with the 991, that, that is a significantly larger car. There's been discussion about how the 992, the current one, I'm throwing out Porsche build codes here, that the current <laughs> what one, am I doing? <laughs> yeah, seriously. The current one is so huge. But the thing about it is the current one is a slight like fraction of an inch variation on the prior, the 991. That's when the car got big. Watch our 50 years of the 911. Mm-hmm. That's when the car got genuinely large. Larger, I love bringing this up because it can't believe it, larger than the Dodge Viper. Yeah, you always bring this up. Longer, half an inch longer. But I'm sorry, if you park a Dodge Viper and three spaces away you park a Porsche 991 or 992 and you say which one's larger, no one's going to guess the 911. Yeah, probably not. So keep that in mind. If you want to go with a bigger 911, yeah, I know, you can do that. But I think the 997 stays. I think the Model 3 stay. I say debate both of those for a crazy wrap color. Oh. Because I'll also submit this to you. Since you drive the 911 in the winter... One of the interesting things about a wrap in the winter is it's kind of like paint protection film. Oh, that's good. Now, conversely, get the entire car paint protected. That would yeah. be a nice thing to do as well to defend you against uh, all the stuff that happens in the winter, which I am battling on every car I ever own and drive in the winter, but that's okay. So we're looking for the family hauler to fill this gap. Yeah. I'm mainly thinking about keeping you at three cars for now. I'm not sure where the line is for you on backseat space because I know you're dealing with car seats and nanny, and so you're going to have to navigate that. So I I went where you went initially, Paul, which is let's get one of the best CUVs of that middle class, which is right now the Telluride or the Palisade are phenomenal. If you want to spend a bit more, look at the Volvo XC90. Also very good. Phenomenal. Great use of space. Incredible interior. You'll be boggled by how good that interior is, and it's also just solid. Yeah, yeah. But that got me thinking about wagons, leaving CUVs entirely and getting you wagons to blend the driving you're enjoying and your wife is enjoying of cars with some personality, Mm. blending that with family hauler. Now I'm hauling not just gear, I'm hauling. Yeah. Okay. So that made me think about, we just dropped a piece on it, I have to bring it up. Could you get yourself an E63 AMG wagon with all-wheel drive? Oh, these are expensive. They are they are, but I'm not even saying get a new one. Get a one or two year old one. They're probably the nanny down to is going to write to us 90. saying, "Hey guys, thank you. I'm the nanny for David. I've just discovered driving. <laughs> thank you so much. I have hooned the kids to preschool. Yeah, but we didn't try in those back seats, which are decent size. We didn't try to do car seats and people. We I don't know. I don't know. But they've got good sized back seats, worthwhile competitive back seats to most CUVs in that middle class. Yeah. Yeah. So I think size wise, it's an option. 
pushing it a little bit in size is you like your 911, shop Panameras. Okay. I don't know if the back seat's big enough. I, I genuinely don't know. And you are losing good size back there. You are losing cargo space to a full size CUV, but the back seats will take six footers. Yeah, I remember the first time I ever drove that space. car. There were four of us in it, and everybody in the car was wearing a helmet and over six feet tall. Yeah, so yeah. there is a good amount of space. I don't know width, but the Panamera you would get you'd get the four door family version of the nine eleven you like. So right. you could shop, and they've been around long enough that you could take your pick. You could go, how much can I legitimately spend? You can find a Panamera for that. I mean, truthfully, mm. they started about forty, forty five now, and go up. What's the Panamera you want? You want to go oddball? There is a Jaguar XF Sport Brake. Okay, okay. You could go that way, but I, I, I don't know about how easy that's going to be to find and how well it's going to run. But it is a nice alternative. They'll be a lot lower priced if For you can sure. find one. The finding is the hard part. Even if you find one new that's still sitting on some dealer's lot, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you could probably get a smoking deal on it. Possibly, because people just don't shop wagons. And then last, because I've, I've talked around it and I have to come back here, I mentioned the XC90 Volvo in, in SUVs, CUVs. You could get the Volvo wagon, the V90. Oh, that's cool. They are very cool, and they're not common, and they have a fantastic interior. It is the less hoon-friendly version of that E63. It's just a long, luxurious, big old family wagon. It's not a sports car at all. The E63 all-wheel drive is a sports car monster that hauls the family. It is. The Volvo is more traditional wagon, but it's much more interesting than a CUV. I do like that wagon. I have to at least bring it up. Can you get a wagon, David? Does that work? Because that's where I'm going. If you've got a debate like David's, or you don't, write to us, TV at gmail.com for your car debates, Topic Tuesday ideas, and your car conclusions, or just drop us a line, and many of you are. Thank you so much for writing to us. I, I love it when you guys find a car and you think, uh, Todd would like this, or Paul would like yes. this. We get so and many just, cool You emails. drop it here, yeah. or some little piece of information, whatever that is, please do. We love, we feel like we're in communication with you it's guys. It's great. So we, and thank one you of for us, that. I say it all the time because it's true. One of us is reading every email that comes across. Yes, yes. And sometimes that is like, how much time did you spend today on email? A lot, but that's okay, because yeah. interacting with you guys is really, really fun. While we're here, do me a favor. If you haven't rated and reviewed this podcast, it genuinely helps, no matter how many ratings and reviews we get. And we've got a lot now. Thank you, guys. It helps it stay in the top 10. It helps more people find it. I was reading an email actually just a few hours ago about somebody talking about the fact that they found the podcast in the last 50 podcasts because they did that thing looking at the top 10 automotive podcasts and they found ours. Oh, fantastic. And they're listening to back catalog. Fantastic. So it, 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 I say it because we consistently hear it from you guys that that's how it gets found. So those rating and reviews matter. It also matters on Amazon. Yes. And, they, and the seasons are now on Amazon, so we appreciate that. We like anything that helps our car disease. Well, frankly, anything that makes it worse, which is why we're big fans of Haggerty Drivers Club. For just $45 a year, that's less than $4 a month, you'll get six issues of the fantastic Haggerty Magazine, roadside service with guaranteed flatbed towing, invitations to members-only events, valuable automotive discounts on things like tires and vehicle transport and racing school, and a whole lot more. It's the ultimate membership experience for people who love cars. Check out Haggerty Drivers Club for yourself and join the club at haggerty.com slash everydaydriver. Sean in Massachusetts is riding for a car for his mom, and he needs some help. Her commute is less than 45 minutes on the back roads of Massachusetts, and she currently uses an 05 Toyota Sienna with 150,000 miles on it. He says it's getting old and expensive to maintain, so it will be become his project car. 
She wants an SUV or a minivan with the seating position, you know, the high ride mm-hmm. height, good gas mileage, reliability, and a comfortable ride. Her budget is a flexible $40,000. Okay. Now, here's the issue. She refuses to buy anything other than Toyotas. <laughs> I can feel Sean going, please stop this. His <laughs> hi, parents, hi, Mom, by the way. Hi. Yes. Mom and Dad. Hello. Now they're listening. Yeah. His parents' last four cars have been Toyotas. Mm-hmm. They used to have a 97 Camry. They currently own the Sienna, a 2011 RAV4, and a 2017 Highlander Hybrid. Do you like Toyotas? I like Toyotas. His parents claim they're not loyal to any car brand, but their car history disagrees. (laughs) My parents are the same way. My parents, for some reason, are obsessed with Chevys. And every time my dad says, what should we get? We need the following things. I recommend a ton of things that are not made by GM, and they buy a GM product. It's happened. It's happened my whole life. Amazing. Honestly, the last time, sorry, rant. The last time they were buying, they wanted a five-seat CUV. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. And I said, please go drive and probably buy the Mazda CX-5. Yeah, right. They proceeded to not drive it nor buy it, and they bought an Equinox, and it has been their definition now, fine. (sighs) And I keep going. Okay. You didn't. uh, Okay. All right. It's like, you know what your son does. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. But but that was the thing. They even asked me. It wasn't like they just said, hey, we bought an Equinox. They said, we're looking for this. What should we drive? And I was like, please, please branch out from the GM dealership and drive a Mazda CX-5. They proceeded to not drive it at all. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, back to Sean's folks. His mom is looking at the RAV4 hybrid, maybe waiting for the RAV4 Prime and the new Sienna. So no matter what, they're looking at a fourth <laughs> Toyota. Look at Toyotas. Woohoo! How does he convince her not to buy another Toyota? He doesn't think it could look at four Toyotas (laughs) at the same time. And he admits Toyota provides a very very compelling package. His mother does not care about tech, and they keep their cars for at least 12 years. Mm, So the reliability is a huge factor, despite the first sentence of him saying she drives a 150,000-mile Sienna that is getting expensive to repair. But it's a Just Toyota, and so it's been glossed that, over. It's okay. Right? It's Are okay. those? I'm also surprised, Sean, that you've decided that you don't like Toyotas, but you're willing to accept the Sienna as a project car. Um, <laughs> I think that I, I have a feeling that Sean is excited, just old enough. He doesn't tell us. Just old enough to be excited about any cars. He's like, I'll take the Sienna. That's sure, fine. sure. But I do think it's funny. I can't stand Toyotas. The Sienna's dying. I'll make that a project car because I've never really heard Sienna and project car in the same sentence. But hey, Sean, I like it. <laughs> Says, am I stuck staring at four, four Toyotas in my <sighs> life? Are they all the same color too? Oh, we don't know Are you the a colors. Family that buys all white because please oh, don't I hope do not. that. I hope not. Somebody sent us a photo of that this past week, and they and it was it was four white. CUVs in the same driveway. Gag. And they sent it to me and they said, Todd, you'll love this. And then they noted in the email, they said, and by the way, there's a fifth car in the garage. I haven't seen what it is, but I can tell, tell you and guarantee that it's white. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no. Let's talk about her proclivities. Yes, let's. Her focus on reliability first. Mm-hmm. You've got to really figure out what that means. And I, I know you think you know what it means. But yeah, yeah, yeah. she's used to something old and already expensive to maintain. True. Fair she's point. already used Fair to point. that. Yeah. So therefore, if that's the standard that she's currently at, any new car will be far more reliable and less expensive to maintain. Fair point. Because it'll be under yeah. warranty. It'll yeah, be yeah. new. Fair point, yeah. Anything will do. It doesn't have to be a Toyota. But then you bring up how long they keep the cars, well over mm-hmm. a decade, which means mm-hmm. you're going to be purchasing new, probably, because you want that warranty up front. And then just keep it. You'll know the service history, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff, which is fair. 
that's a fair way to buy cars and actually a smart way to buy cars because the cheapest car you'll ever own is the one that's paid for. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. The problem is if she changes brands on your recommendation or ours mm-hmm. and the car gives her any kind of trouble whatsoever, warranted or not, yeah. whether it's some sort of recall or some yeah, little yeah. thing, that, no, 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 that's just a one-off. You will know nothing about cars and we will know nothing about cars. And it will be, I should have bought that Toyota. Yes. You're just wrong. We're wrong. You know nothing. And if she buys a Toyota and it has problems, is a potential to overlook them. True, because be like, it's well. You have a driveway. I, because if I bought toilets. anything else, it would have been worse. That'll yes. that'll be the commentary. It's like, well, at least I mean, you know, if I bought anything else, would have been worse than this. Will be the assumption. Yes. it's a really scary proposition here for sure. Sean, you also mentioned that she doesn't care about tech, which mm-hmm. I'm going to poke holes in. I'm okay. poke, poke holes in that argument. All right, great. Because what in her life has tech invaded? What subject? Whether mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. maybe okay. she reads books on an Amazon Kindle. Or uh, mm-hmm. iPad. Maybe she loves her iPhone, you know, suddenly like resisting the phone and now she loves her iPhone or something like that where tech indeed invades her life. My mm-hmm. dad loves mm-hmm. his iPhone. Sure. My He's all too. about that yeah, yeah. iPhone FaceTiming all the time. Yeah, We're yeah. talking. He loves it. He's communicating more now with his long lost friends than he ever has before mm-hmm. because of his giant iPhone 10. Interesting. Okay. He loves right. it. All okay. Right. So what is that area that you can identify and, and say, hmm. I think you do like tech. Do you have a big flat screen TV with high definition? Well, that's technology. (laughs) Do you binge watch Netflix? You get the idea. Sure. For sure. For sure. I think the experience of something new will be exciting, Mm -hmm. but something totally different than she's used to that does have tech. And the reliability argument here is electric. Ah. The reliability argument is anything mechanical is going to break. Mm. Any new car is going to break because it's a bunch of moving parts. You know what doesn't have a bunch of moving parts? Electric cars. Interesting. Interesting. I see where you're going. Yeah, yeah. $40,000 is flexible. Let's make it really flexible. (laughs) You're listening to Paul now. This is what happens. Yep. How about a Tesla Model 3? I wondered if you'd go there. You don't have to get the super high-end fully loaded. Just get the base as much as she wants, as much as she's comfortable with. Mm -hmm. And I bet you... She would fall in love with it. Remember how we were talking about David's wife yes. loving yes. Tesla mm-hmm. and maybe loving cars, but loving Tesla. Yeah, for sure. I'm That's wondering if the common. same thing applies here. Yeah. My only concern here is the 12-year lifespan because your electric car is probably going to run without any issues, but an electric car in 12 years is going to be like your current cell phone in 12 years. It might still work, but you're going to feel so massively behind current tech, it would sure. be staggering. That may be fine, because I do like your argument about simple, different runs. I, I see where you are, for sure. The batteries will be a question mark yes, they as will. far as when yes, to replace will. them. Do they need replacement? All that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And you mentioned she's got a 45-minute commute on the back roads, which means, great, you're, you're moving, mm-hmm. you're driving, you're yeah. enjoying driving yeah, yeah. the car. It's actually a fun car to drive. So charging is the other issue mm-hmm. and the infrastructure, mm-hmm. and that's a new thing in her life, but you already fill your car with gas. wonder what the, what the ordering is right now, the, the turnaround, as we, as we do this podcast, I just don't know, on the Model Y. If she's looking more for the SUV, she could that go could Model be. Y. The Model Y, I mean, it's starting to, to be out yeah, there. They We're exist. starting to yeah, see them sure. mm-hmm. in the hands of, of buyers. Yep, yep. A Model Y would be a great suggestion because if she likes the higher ride height mm-hmm. and she has to have the SUV, then the Model Y is the answer there. Totally, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I bet you it'll be just as fun mm-hmm. and you don't have to blow out the budget. You can keep the options off the table mm-hmm. and 
you know, with a Tesla, you can always kind of turn them back on if you want them. <laughs> They're all on there. You just didn't pay for them. That is the Tesla model True. for sure. Yeah. The least loaded Tesla Model 3 or Y mm-hmm. will be mountains more tech than she's ever used to. For sure. So for keep sure. the price down. Mm-hmm. I like the Model Y suggestion. I do because of the SUVs. Yeah, yeah. Keep going. Like but this. yeah, how about the thing with the least moving parts? That is the hard sell for her. Mm-hmm. Not a new car with a warranty because every new car is a warranty. Mm-hmm. And every new car has moving parts and you put gas in it. But you want to really talk reliable? How about six years from now? Mm-hmm. I bet you'll still be going strong. Mm-hmm. What have 2012 Model S's been doing? They're on the used car market. Yeah. They're doing fine yeah, as yeah, far as I sure. know. For sure, yeah. Now, if that is off the table, let's go back to Todd's parents' story and offer her the Mazda CX-5 Grand Touring Reserve with the turbo because it's got mm-hmm. a lot of power. Mm-hmm. It is named an IIHS top safety pick among six cars from Mazda. Beautiful styling, more power, yep. reliability yep. to spare. Yep. They're under $40,000. Buy it. And if she doesn't need the big engine, you could save even more money and get the you lower could. engine, which is still fine. It's not It's not as interesting because that turbo engine has really helped that car. But I agree with you. Keep going. That's as far as I'm going. I love it. I love this it. This is the beginning and the end. Okay. Okay. I have that car on my list. But Sean, before I get there, uh, uh, mom, dad... I'm talking to you now, okay? <laughs> uh, here, here's here's Sean's struggle, and I want I want to separate this out. Sean, you don't need to get your mom and dad to not buy another Toyota, mm. but mom and dad, here is the thing you do need to do: you need to drive other things. Good point. If you're going to tell me right now you're going to buy a Toyota, fine. fine. Honestly, I, I would rather you branched out. So would Sean. But if you're going to buy another one, that's fine. But at least. Educate yourselves enough to drive other things. So if you buy that Toyota RAV4 anyway, which we've driven in a couple forms, we like the current updated RAV4. We like it. Mm-hmm. Get, honestly, mm-hmm. I'm going to recommend you to get the hybrid. It is the top of the model line, but it's good. Yeah, It's good for that, for that area. And I haven't really liked RAV4s prior. So if you wind up in the RAV4, I, I'm not going to take anything away from you. It's a good buy. But if you get the RAV4 and you didn't drive any other competitor, yeah. I think you did yourself a disservice. So that's my challenge to you, Mom. And I Dad. agree. And I think, Sean, that's the hill to die on for you here. That is the challenge for you. Is not don't buy a Toyota. It's, Mom, Dad, did you drive anything else yet? Mm-hmm. I also know that the problem that happens here is if you're not used to buying cars, and let's be honest, most of us aren't used to buying cars. It's a hassle. We don't enjoy the dealer experience. I've mentioned to people before that often you may wind up at a car you love, but the hours or days you spent dealing with the dealer is the worst part of that car owning experience. It can sour you quick. I get it. You may just go, well, because we like Toyotas, we've always been to Toyotas. Let's just go to one dealer, we'll buy a car, we'll leave, we're done, we don't have to think about it anymore. Sure. There's a challenge here to go out and actually spend the time and drive other things. You guys need to drive, Paul already mentioned it, the Mazda CX-5. Yes, yes. You need to drive the Volvo XC40. That's a great one. That's it's a, great a one. It's yeah. a great car. Great. Everything about the interior, the styling, it it drives well. I think your mom would like it a lot. Yeah. Volvo CX-40. Yes, the current RAV4 is on there. But also, why aren't you driving the Lexus RX? I've never recommended the Lexus Egg on this podcast. Wow. But if you are Toyota fans and you're looking at the RAV4, and you're going to keep a car for 10 years or more, Lexus is still killing it on reliability, maintenance, and dealer experience. Just don't buy it in white. They offer other Please. paint colors. Just don't, don't buy it in white. white or champagne. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, but no, seriously, the Lexus RX, 
I think if your mom's buying a car for time here, this is the reason. Honestly, the the dealer experience is the entire reason my mother-in-law keeps buying a Lexus product. Interesting. She doesn't want to go anywhere else. Since you already like Toyota, please drive the Lexus RX. I have two alts for you while you're driving homework. I know it's drive homework and it's hard, but please drive these alts as well. Because I was trying to think about whatever you buy, you've walked in with experience and gone this is why I'm buying. This is what I'm buying, and why. So here's my two crazy alts. One, I thought, who makes something in the Rav Four comp- competition that is different than that? Simple, etc. Honda Passport. Okay, okay. It's the Honda version of the Rav Four in many ways. It's the same category, yeah. Okay, a little bit bigger. It's kind of simple interior. Totally different approach. Drive the Honda Passport, and also, I don't think you're going to buy it. I'm not recommending you buy it. I don't think so unless your mom loves it, and she might. It's happened to my wife. Drive a used Porsche Cayenne. Oh, wow. wow. Because they are a totally different category, but they're in your price range, used ones. I know what you're thinking. Maintenance is terrible. The problem is when you actually have to get them maintained, yes, expect about 25% more than maintaining your Toyota. But the flip side, they don't randomly break. Right. Yeah. If you look at reliability ratings, Porsche is almost always at the top in yep. reliability. Maintenance is expensive, but they don't randomly break. Toyota is at the top, but guess what? Porsche's up there with them. True. Very true. A lot of Japanese manufacturers are lower down the list. Yeah. Porsche's yeah. up there with Toyota and Lexus, which is crazy to think about because we don't think that way, but that's what's going on. So at least drive that. And now here is my challenge, Mom. Ah. You buy the RAV4 or whatever. What I, I genuinely don't care. Buy the car you love because that's what we're all about. But my question for you is, why did you buy that car? And be able to answer that question. Be able to answer why over the things you drove, we bought it for this reason. And the reason, here is my only line in the sand. It can't be because it's a Toyota. Oh. It has to be an answer other than that. And I think at that point, even if you bought the Toyota, now you've also satisfied Sean's concerns. So I'm throwing down. A little bit, Mom. I know. I know this is hard. This is tough love a little bit. But And if you get the RAV4, get the RAV4. But please drive other things and be able to communicate why I bought this car. That's excellent. Well done. Well done. I really like that. All right. So driving homework is happening. It is. Go drive some stuff. If you've got more cars in the garage space, and we suspect you probably do, then you need to protect it with a custom car cover from Covercraft. We recommend the NOAA Custom Car Cover. They're each made to fit your car perfectly, and they resist moisture, but also breathe to eliminate condensation. It has four-layer protection for all weather conditions, and it protects your car from UV rays as well. The NOAA covers even have a soft inner layer, are made entirely in the USA, and come with a four-year warranty. In the worst winds we've seen, the NOAA cover stays put. Todd had one on the Lancer, and it kept the paint pristine in all conditions. I wore one out after nine years of daily use on my Audi Avant, and people always asked how I kept it so nice. Plus, you can defend your interior against kids and dogs and spills and any weekend adventure you might have in the mud and snow with custom seat covers from Covercraft. You can have the nicest car all winter long with help from our friends at Covercraft. And you can get 10% off your custom car cover and any Covercraft product by using the code every day right now at Covercraft.com. And it even ships for free. Follow the link from our sponsors page or go directly to Covercraft.com to keep your car looking its best. All right, jump into questions. We've got one from Damon D on Facebook who is helping to teach his twin nieces to drive. I saw this. Any tips? And also, should he push them towards lean- learning how to drive his five-speed 500 Abart? Hmm. Yes, eventually. But first of all, let's start with your twin nieces. And they're of driving age, it sounds like. They're learning to drive. 
I want you to, yes, empty parking lots are good as far as Mm -hmm. starting, stopping, getting the car in motion and understanding the motions of the car and, Mm -hmm. and what that feels like. And I think to new drivers, you don't understand the the role of the car or the attitude of the car or acceleration or braking and those feelings are all new. So you got to get used to those before you can apply them in daily driving. So I I do like parking lots, especially if you're learning how to drive manual. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Those are good. Yeah, for sure. But I want you to teach them to learn how to see. Damon, you don't think about the things that you're looking at while driving are not the basics anymore. You're looking at that driver's thinking, well, they're on their phone and I'm going to anticipate, yep, here they come, right, cutting me off. And you're, you know, you're counting uh, the, the stale yellow or the stale green light. Sure. And you're looking yeah, at the yeah, yellow yeah. across and you're like, can I make it? Nope, I'm applying the brake now. Mm-hmm. You know, little things that are advanced driver kind of thinking, but those are the things you're observing. You're coming up to a crosswalk. New drivers are not ready for people to step out in front of their car. True, true, true. Yeah. So you, all those kinds of things, they know where they're at near their home. So you need to take them out and say, when you come around this corner, the first thing you're thinking about is not steering the car. You're looking to your left where there could be a pedestrian mm. stepping right out in front of you. Mm. So you're anticipating rather than reacting. That's ex- that's really hard to learn. Anticipation is very hard to learn, and this is the reason Difficult why. To learn. This is the reason why the um, all, all of the cars that have these automatic smart cruise controls. Mm-hmm. That's why they feel so weird because they don't anticipate; they just react. Right, and so do new drivers. Keep going. Right. So I want you to make a list of the things that it might be tough. It might take a while. What are the things that subconsciously you just think about? All right, I come around that corner. I know there's a, a pedestrian walkway that is just the yellow flashing lights. There's no stoplight. I always look for that. I always look for that pothole in the road right there, and I subconsciously steer around it. Mm-hmm. I always start my braking zone here. Mm-hmm. Here's how to get on an on-ramp, all those things. First of all, you need to show them, and yeah. then you need to take them to do it. So mm-hmm. you show them how. That's good. That's good and stuff. And then you go do that thing that you just showed them how. See, it's see and say. It's I like it. Here's what yeah. I'm doing. Now you get to do it. We take the loop. We exit. We come back. Now you're in the driver's seat, and we go do that. That's good. Again, parking lots are excellent, but that doesn't teach you to observe the world you're differently right. when you're driving because you're so things right. come at you really fast. And it's not just about steering and keeping in your lane. It's not just <laughs> about waiting for the oncoming traffic before you turn left. Please, please make sure that you teach them when you've got a green light and you're turning left. That's not their right of way. The traffic needs to come by you first. Unless you've got the green the left LA turn left. arrow, yeah. you've got to let traffic. That's good. All those little things. Mm-hmm. But now tell, take them to a, a new level, even as they're learning about observing the world mm-hmm. and observing what's going on with other drivers. And you can point out like, see, that guy's going to pull out right now. Yep, told you. And they'll say, how did you know? Yeah, you're right. They will. said, because I was watching. I was observing them in yeah. addition to my driving and paying yeah. attention to what I was doing. That's excellent. And I do hope you can teach that, Damon. I think that's awesome. I'm going to add two things to this that are both parking lot related things. Okay. And, and it depends. The, the big question here is how far do they want to go? True. Because True. they may be like, okay, I understand the basics. And their parents may be like, that's enough. So, so you got to walk that line too. Okay. But assuming that they want to go beyond just the absolute basics, I love where you are, Paul, on just eyes and seeing and observing. That's very important. But in the parking lot, I'm going to mention two things. Early drivers don't understand how much balance. Think about a set of tra- classic scales, how much balance goes on when driving a car. Hmm. There's very little on-off in your movements. Hmm. You're not yeah. suddenly all the brakes, suddenly all the – everything is a balance of different inputs – so give them the freedom to understand that it's rarely going to be all of anything. 
Mm. You're balancing yeah. gas and brake and steering and things are happening simultaneously and a gradual amount of something while something else happens is acceptable. One thing flows into another. Yes, kind of thing. absolutely. So think about that. Then I'm going to say something that is almost contradictory, but you've got to do what I just said before you get to where I am now. Okay. Go buy yourself a cheap dozen athletic cones that some coach would buy for a, for a athletic event or soccer practice, a little okay. tiny cheap like nothing cones. Scrimmage cones or whatever. Exactly. Buy some of those, and you need to do emergency braking. Oh, good. This is all the brakes. Yeah. Because yeah. what's going to happen with a new driver is you don't want them, and I've always thought about this with my son who's not there yet, but I've always thought about this because I learned it so late. As a new driver, when you have to do an extreme move, especially extreme braking, the first time you do that is when there is a problem. True, very You've true. You've never had that sensation. You don't know what it feels like. You don't know what ABS feels like. You don't know what a car does and do that. Don't have them discover that the first time when they've had an issue. Great Set point. up some cones and be like, I want you to start breaking at these cones and set up a short distance of cones for them to hit and be like, yeah. I want you to see if you can stop before those cones. And if they run out with their cones, who cares? They're cheap cones, right. six-inch cones, doesn't matter. Right, right. But that extreme braking experience is a weird sensation. They need to experience that before it even matters. So that when they get to a situation where they need all the braking, they understand what all the braking is. It's just like drivers who have instructed Todd and I, pro drivers, mm-hmm. when they say brakes, they mean all of the brakes. Yes. When they say throttle, they mean all of the car's That's power. That's track driving. Yep, yep, yep. That's the difference in track. Yeah, totally, totally. And so you need to be able to help them understand when you say a term, this is what you mean. When a when a pro driver sitting next to you says, brush the brakes, mm-hmm. just load up the front tires so you can turn, you know you're not using all the brakes. It's obvious at that yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you need to define terminology so when you tell them, do this instruction, they know what you're talking about. Now, as far as them driving your five-speed 500 Abarth, I say yes, only you can determine when they're ready. <laughs> or if they're ready. <laughs> or if they're ready. But as far as the clutch take-up, Everybody instructs as if you're letting the clutch out and you're never stopping and it's one smooth, let the clutch out while you're rolling onto mm-hmm. the gas and the clutch just keeps coming out all in one fell swoop. Mm-hmm. And some people do it too fast and that's why the car dies. Yeah. Yeah. Teach them to let it out about halfway or wherever they feel that clutch plate engage. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. And yeah. pause. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter if the clutch slips a little bit right then, but say your clutch engages about halfway through the travel. Tell them, let the clutch out about halfway until you feel it fully engage, and then let it all the way out. It's that balance thing again. Yeah, yeah. Don't just completely let it all out. That, that's exactly what a new driver does. It's that on-off thing of a clutch is off right. now, so clutch is off. If your clutch yeah. engages right off the floor like it's a brand-new clutch or a brand-new car, tell them just let it off, and you'll feel that clutch engage. Your foot's mm. still there, mm. and then you let it the rest the other three-quarters of the way off the floor. Or if it's a worn clutch, you know, it engages three quarters of the way off the floor. <laughs> way, way high. Tell I them to feel that weight. Pause right there as they're feeding the throttle, then let it the rest of the way out. So they start to feel the mechanicals of the car. Mm, that's good. And that's hopefully good it's stuff. not a Saab 900 turbo with sloppy, crazy. Hopefully worn he's they're learning good, uh, yeah, good uh, manual transmission. Let's hope that's happening. Christopher Lucky says uh, he was driving. He was. At Picaddle, mm. after our, he's one of our patrons. He was at Picaddle not that long after we did that episode. So this is the, the Porsche Experience Atlanta. And he was driving a Cayman for the first time, and he was surprised that his instructor kept telling him, 
to tap the brakes before he entered a corner. Yeah. And he's saying, is, is this just good in general or is that a Cayman-specific thing? Uh, Chris, in, in general, yes, it's helpful because what's happening is you're loading the front tires. This is why I was having you do it, and you, you understand that already. You're loading the front tires to give them more grip. Mm-hmm. So it, and this is back to that balance thing. Everything you're doing at the extreme end of a car is all about balance. And the thing you're balancing in every situation is the level of grip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you and you have an FRS, when you're driving your FRS, even if you stop accelerating before the corner, mm-hmm. yeah, you, it's subtle. But what's already happened is the weight shift of the car has already shifted a little bit toward the front of the car. Yes. yes. The, the tapping the brakes accentuates that further. This is why you can't enter a corner on the gas because the car's weight is headed toward the back. Right. And you're going to be more prone to understeer because the weight's not over the front wheels. So you've got to get some level of weight shift toward the front half of the car. It can be a tap of the brakes. It can be a lift off the gas. It can be lots of things in order to give those wheels a little bit more of the grip to help them bite for the corner. That's excellent. Elmer Lowe is in Hong Kong for work and asks if we think he should splash out on a newish S660, that's a Honda K car, or get a cheaper secondhand MX-5, SLK 350 R171, or a 986 Porsche. Mm. He's had a Clio RS, an Evo 7, and a Legacy GT, but get this, currently he has an AW11, which is the 1.6 liter 4A engine in the first generation Toyota MR2, stored Back home in Melbourne, Australia. <laughs> okay. Very quickly, all I've heard is Japanese cars that you've owned. Mm. The only mm, one that sticks out is that 986 Porsche. And I want you to have that German car experience. Mm. You've already got a mid-engine Toyota MR2 sure. waiting for you at home. Sure. Okay. All right. Most that, of these good. other ones you've actually asked about, especially the SX60, is also an, a, a mid-engine car. Mm-hmm. The SX60 is kind of like what you already have. Mm. You already have that configuration let's get you into the porsche a little bit different a little bit bigger than the mr2 but it's the german car experience that i want you to have very good travels with george j says uh, what are our thoughts on purchasing manufacturers extended warranties now you can get one when you first buy a car you will also get an awful lot of mail from the manufacturer when you get close to the end of your current warranty to see if you'd like to spend money to get an extended warranty I don't know that you have to get one when you buy the car, but my big thought on them as an extended warranty is if you had the car for a while, and I'm headed somewhere else with George's question in a second, but if you had it for a car for a while, you know how much of a money pit it's been. You know how much you've used that warranty. And also, the car you've probably had long enough now that you know, I don't know that I would ever buy one initially, but if I'd had it for a few years, now you know what kind of problems are these cars prone to. And you can run the math of... Those problems, if it's prone to have a gearbox issue, what is the gearbox cost versus the cost of that extended warranty? And you can figure out where your money's best. But the interesting part about George's question is he's getting to the very low end of his warranty on his uh, GT350, and he's starting to wonder, should I get an extended warranty? Would it help the value of the car when I sell it? Now, wait. Don't buy an extended warranty for the next guy. (laughs) <laughs> if, if you're going to keep the car in the extended warranty, if you can amortize it out and go, you know what, that would be worthwhile because of the kind of things that might break in the rest of the lifetime of this extended warranty, that's expensive. Get that warranty for you. Don't buy it as a benefit to the next guy. That's not worth your time. Let him worry about it. Love it. A uh, quick question from Brian D., who asks, what Griot's products would you recommend to wipe bird poop off your clean car? I like it. I like it. Good. Yes. Is it Speed Shine? Yes, it is Speed Shine. Mm-hmm. But the secret is... Use just a little bit more product and soak it for just a little bit. Spray it on and let it soak. 
And then when you use your microfiber towel to wipe it off, use it in a rolling motion in your hand, sort of like a reverse steamroller. Oh, sure. So it's going the other way and taking it up off the surface. As you're going in one direction, the steamroller rag in your hand is going the other direction. You are the guy for this. And therefore, it'll take it right off. So the soak is the key, and that speed shine (laughs) leaves the waxes behind, makes it look beautiful. You are the man for that. I love it. We've got, uh, I think it's L Bevan Five says, do we have summer wheels and winter wheels, or do we switch the tires on the stock wheels? I have done both. I highly recommend having two sets of wheels, two sets of tires. I yep. did that on the FRS. I have it on my wife's Cayenne. I highly prefer that. I've also had cars. The Lancer was one. The Phaeton is another where I was just like, I'm going to swap these wheels. I've done both. I personally think what, what I like to do very often even though I'm not much of a, I have to tune this car guy. I I rarely like stock wheels on a car. Sometimes I do, but a lot mm. of times I don't. Mm. So the FRS is the best example. I didn't like those wheels very much. Sure. So those instantly became my winter wheels. And I went and shopped for wheels that were light that I really liked. And I made those my cool summer tire wheels. And then I was very happy. Plus, then you can just do the NASCAR swap. Easy. You just swap them in your garage. You don't have to pay anybody to do it. And do it when you're ready. Yep. Here's a question from Mystic Negro. Who asks, well, he says we bought two large, formerly Apex sedans as a joke. (laughs) Yes, we did. Which one of us has had the biggest mindset change in the time we've lived with them? Not Mm. which car is better, but who has moved most on the axis of love or hate? Interesting. We haven't discussed this yet. No, we haven't. We haven't. I guess you could claim that you were up for the Phaeton because it was the specs, and that you ended up falling in love with it for its capabilities beyond the specs. I think I was much more on board with my car going in than you were. I yeah, because I've I've shown Maserati not a lot of not a lot of love. No, I would say often hate to be honest. Let's let's just go there. And yeah. more of a I think this is going to break and leave mm-hmm. me stranded yeah, yeah, yeah. and I think it's going to be a pile of garbage and it'll be fine and there'll be a few things, but I genuinely see some elements in there that I love. It's just hard, though, because we've both fallen in love with our cars in, in a couple of different ways. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what I, I mean? I feel like you've come further. I feel like you've you? been more surprised by it. I think I, I bought it for a laugh, but I was excited about it going in. You were not that excited. You were like, let's see how this goes. Yeah. And you've ended up finding things you like about it. I have been pleasantly surprised by the experience, and I found things like – heated massage seats that in the middle of the winter, I'm like, I've never had this. And now this is brilliant. I, I have to admit, I, I've, because I've never had a really nice luxury car at all. So I, I have definitely seen the merit of that more in daily ownership. And that actually brings me directly to Ad Rod, Ad Rock Fox, who says, now that we've done the big sedan thing, would I personally entertain an LS430, a Lexus 430? Oh, good question. Because he's like, hang on, similar price, similar features, but none of the anxiety. I've driven that car, and I find it boring. Yeah, yeah. And I I have to honestly also say this. In spite of the things I have liked about the Phaeton, the laugh is so much of it for me that it is so atypical. And I've realized this over time. I like the oddball cars to begin with. An LS Lexus is not an oddball car. Just It's a car. Right. right. It's a very nice car, but it's just a car. I like the oddballs. So the Phaeton falls into that, which helps it. Sure, sure. But the other thing is, outside of what we're doing, I was not looking for a big sedan. And while I recognize the merits having owned one now, I still don't really... I mean, if you said, what are you going to buy next? It wouldn't be like a big sedan next. I'm not looking for the next one. 
Okay, so I don't think that the Lexus works because I've driven them and I find them to be fine in a market segment that I typically don't gravitate toward. By the way, have you seen my crazy Jetta XL? <laughs> All right, we've got to wrap things up, but quickly from the dad wrench who oh, yeah. says, as of Tuesday's podcast, thought he knew what his next car was going to be, only to get cold feet due yeah. to the Achilles heel maintenance issue. <laughs> he does not which, say what car it I was. I wonder which car we scared him away from on the yeah. last podcast. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. He says, add to that the list of 10 to 15 cars he's interested in, but keeps finding reasons not to be interested in. Yeah. But the question is, how do you overcome analysis paralysis? I, love, I had this noted as well. It's a great question. It's the one that speaks to your heart the most. It's mm-hmm. the one you giggle, you laugh, you love the most from a driving perspective because mm-hmm. every car will have its maintenance issues. Agreed. Every car will have the scary Agreed. thing that's supposed to go wrong and mm-hmm. the engine will crater and the thing's going to cost you a bunch of money. Every car will have that. L- look at us talking about this with our big sedans. Yes. Both of which are running and both of which are almost every drive having some little light come on like, oh, no, what is that? Oh, yeah. Almost every single time. Please see dealer. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Both of these cars <laughs> don't say anything other than just go to dealer. It's like, but, exactly. but wait, that sounds catastrophic. <laughs> uh, Dad Wrench, I want to I add to that and say this. I'm building exactly on where Paul is already. You will never have a fun car that doesn't have a thing you're right. supposed to be terrified of. Right. And so if, and this, and this can be hard. I, I struggled with this with, with the Lancer. I really wanted that Lancer. I liked it the day the engine blew. I liked it the day they put it on a truck and it left. Really? You yes. still liked it? Yes. But it was really heartbreaking to go through that experience of the problems that I had with it. Yeah. Okay? And there were things about it I'd never liked and the things about it I really liked. Sure. You can't take it because every car has things, no matter what they are, Porsche IMS, but there's perfect. <laughs> but okay, but subframe on a, a BMW E46. I okay, mean, fair. pick your car. There, there's they all have something. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So accept the fact that they all have something, and accept the fact that if you love the car, when something goes wrong, it's not a reflection on you. Something broke, get it fixed. Right. It doesn't mean you can't like the car. Now, if the car has constant problems, you will fall out of love with it. But even that is a car ownership learning experience. You've got to embrace the fact that something will happen. What car speaks to me? Thank you guys for your questions. Always thought-provoking. Really fun. Always fun. Really, fun. really appreciate it. We're looking forward to next time. As usual, please send us your questions. Cheers, everyone.